We have a special guest today that's going to come and minister the Word. And Larry is a man whose heart is to see the people of God from all over the world realize the potential that God has placed within them. To help bring healing and encouragement to those who are broken and to help restore the love of God in the lives of individuals. We want to welcome you here today. Larry, come and bring the Word of God for us. Well, I have a subject that is very dear to me, and that's called legacy. It's not preached in the church much. It's not talked about. But it, to me, it's the most important thing that we could ever possibly have or think about. heard a song here recently that said, I don't want to leave a legacy. Uh, I'm going, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. What do you mean you don't want to leave a legacy? Well, I only want them to see Jesus. How are they going to see Jesus? Through your legacy. Yours. And mine. Isn't that interesting? How is that a popular song to me? And they say, oh, that's a worship song. No, it's not. To be really blunt, that's very selfish. I just want them to see Jesus. Great. My thing is, if I can get them to start where I stop, then Christianity continues to grow. Why invent the wheel every generation? In the business world, that's never thought of. Ever. You always grow. You learn and you grow. So why do we reinvent the wheel every generation in the church? an interesting thought. Holy Week is really quite interesting. Jesus always, thank you, Jesus always had it in his heart to pass on who and what he was. That's why he came. You do realize Jesus was the first missionary, right? Yeah. It's hard to think locally for me because everything is missions. Everything is the nation's. In the last week, I probably have been in contact with 15 nations. People in 15 nations and different things going on. It's amazing what God is doing in the world. We see nothing but devastation and division and problems. Well, guess what? There's a guy that is an evangelist in Iran that had to quit preaching the gospel because he couldn't find a place for them and they couldn't get enough materials. What a problem. What do we do in the States? We fight and we bicker. Well, let me do this. If you are not praying for your leaders every day, do not say anything ever. Because the Bible is very clear. Pray for those who God put in position of authority. Yeah, you've got an opinion. But you better be praying for them, because if not, you're out of the will of God. Matthew 21 talks about Jesus going into Jerusalem. The whole process was very intentional. Jesus always did things for a reason. He didn't just flow with the Spirit. Now, I love flowing with the Spirit. But if you don't prepare, 
you're going nowhere. If you don't have a plan, how are you going to get where you want to go? In the midst of that, God can change anything and everything. That's up to him. But you got to have a plan. Somebody went into the king, the cupbearer, and, and the king says, hey, what's, what's wrong? You know, you're sad. Well, you know, I'm just whatever God wants. You know, I don't know what it is, but I'm just following God. Now, he presented a very clear plan of what he wanted to do, how long he wanted to do it, and how long he'd be gone. Planning is a good thing. But I just need to be open to allowing God to change my plans. It's a good thing. Jesus always had it in his heart to leave a legacy. Think about that for a minute. He always had it in his heart to leave who he was in the earth. Because if he failed there, Christianity would have never existed. But it was the culmination of three and a half years of investing in a few people. Few people is the optimum word. Not masses, but a few people he really invested in, spent time with. Well, how do I do that? Well, God will bring them to you, I promise. When you're used to traveling to one country a month, and then in the midst of that, probably two or three other cities every month, and then you can't travel at all, well, that's a problem. It was the most difficult time in my life. At 7.30 at night, I would walk out and there would be a line of airplanes headed for DFW. And I'm thinking, I need to be on one of those. But I can't. I had to stop going outside and looking because it was really hard not being able to go and to invest in people was really really hard jesus came to jerusalem and he said get a donkey and a colt and i thought boy that's yeah everybody oh well no that's the beast of burden i said that's part of it but a donkey was a sign of humility and peace if he would have chosen a horse, he would have come in as a warrior. But he's coming back as a warrior. Oh, yeah. In Revelation, he says he would be coming back on a horse. Warrior. And I know who wins. But this time, he came in with humility and with peace. Everybody was excited, throwing their coats on the ground and the palm leaves, and yay! I have no idea what's going on, but yeah, man, this is exciting. But in a moment's time, he went from a hero to a heretic. In one moment's time. But that never changed his goal in life. His whole goal was to pass on a legacy. Now, I know that sounds a little too simple, but there is such an incredible amount involved in that. In January, I lost my mentor of 40 years. 40. I don't know if anybody else can ever say that. This man was the most astounding person I have ever been around in my life. He had a list every day. 
he checked off his little list. He never asked God to do anything for him. But it all happened. Every day. Well, we need to do the Oh, he's right there. Uh, we need to go. Oh, they're right there. It happened every time I was with him. God always put him at the right place, at the right time, with the right person. And uh, I wonder, can God do that for us? I mean, really. You know, there's so many of us that, well, you know, God might get confused. He is old, and he does take lots of naps, especially at night. But you, depending on where you live, you know, if you live in Asia, then he's up at night because he's up. I mean, he's sleeping here. So, you know, I mean, God gets a little confused because he's old. I don't think so. If God can take care of 7 billion people, and I don't know how many languages there are, but there's a lot, and understands them all at the same time and hear every person pray at the same time, I think he can take care of me and bring me where I need to be when I need to be there. I'm pretty sure he's able to do that. But the best part of that is we are his legacy. Now, that's a great thought. We are, in fact, the legacy that Jesus left on the earth for this time. I'm amazed that he was willing to leave me as his legacy. I know how bad I am. I know how messed up things are. But God trusts me anyway. Because if he's in me, then through me he comes out. Regardless of where I am, what I'm doing, if I have in my mind leaving a legacy, I'm going to walk through life a little bit different than if I do not. Because everywhere I go, every person I see, every person I talk to is going to see a legacy through me, to them. I had a kid call me yesterday saying, I need your advice. And I'm going, well, Why? Jeez, you know, you need to go somebody that's smart, that understands. And he said, no, I need you to tell me what I need to be looking for. He didn't want an answer. He wanted me to tell him what he needed to be looking for. I thought, man, this is, this is really good. Every person leaves a legacy even if they don't want to. You know, it's terrifying. I leave a legacy regardless. And the, the number one legacy you leave is for your kids. Because kids see things and do the same thing a parent does. Even if you told them 5,000 times, don't do that, but they see you doing the same thing, what are they going to do? The same thing that you do. Children do what they see quicker than what they hear. It's easier to build a strong child than to repair a broken man. I forget the statistic, but it's like 80% of, of prisoners, no one believed in. That's a terrifying thought. 
Nobody believed in them. It only takes one person to believe in somebody to change their whole life. That's me. I can believe in people that nobody else can believe in. I don't know why, but I can. And God brings them to me. And I don't preach the gospel to them. I become a friend. And I believe in them. And I tell them, it's going to be okay. I believe in you. You're going to get through this. That's a pretty simple thing, but a great, great legacy. How often do I hear, oh, well, you know, I saw, I heard my dad say that. Oh, I, I heard my mom say that. I saw my mom do that. Well, guess what? You're just like them. Whether you want to be or not, you're just like them. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of, of them whose hearts are perfect toward Him. That's a really comforting Scripture to me. God looks everywhere to find me so He can show Himself strong through me. Wow, what a thought. God can use me. You say, well, yeah. God can use anybody. But does He want to? Yes, He does. Is He willing? Yes, He is. Can He do it? Of course He can. But He wants to use me. And He wants to use you. What should I pass on? Number one, work ethic. I grew up, whew, I grew up on a farm, so you work. 1 a.m., you got up and you went out and you irrigated. 3 a.m., you went out and you cut hay. That's just the way it was. You wanted to eat, you worked. Today, we've got um, a big brother that is trying to do everything for us. So we will rely totally on them. Well, I've got to do whatever I do with excellence. I don't care what it is. A job, you better believe it. You better be the first there and the last to leave. And you better be doing more than everybody else. Number two is character. If you say it, you better do it. Even if it hurts, you better be doing it. God doesn't want you giving false witness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the boy that told the lady, the single, the single mom, I'll be there on Saturday to help you move. And on Friday, girl called him and, what, we, uh, uh, we're going to the lake tomorrow. Would you like to go? Of course. You bet, man. Yeah. What just happened? You don't lie to that person. You lie to God. Well, that puts it in a whole different realm. If you will remember your word is a bond between you and God, and then that person, it changes the way I speak. Number three, how do you treat others? Sometimes in Texas, while I'm driving on the road, I would like to help them drive on the road. Are you kind? Kindness costs you absolutely nothing. Because sometimes it's really difficult. Number five, do you see, see your failure as fatal? Often, I'm just a failure. Well, let me change your thinking on that. 
if you are a failure, that means God is a failure. Because if God lives in you and you're a failure, He is too. Failure is what you do, it's not who you are. Failure is never who you are because that's your identity. Your identity is in Christ. And He is not a failure, therefore you are not a failure. Do you fail? Every day. Multiple times every day. But that does not make me a failure. Now I'm going to give you two families. A legacy for two families. Number one, Jonathan Edwards. I'm sure you've heard of that guy, right? This is one man. His legacy was one vice president, one dean of a law school, one dean of medical school, three U.S. senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college professors, 30 judges, 60 doctors, 65 professors, 75 military officers, 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, 100 clergymen, and 285 graduates from college. What a legacy for one person to leave. Now let me give you a man by the name of Jukes. In his descendants, seven murderers, 60 thieves, 190 prostitutes, 150 convicts, 310 paupers, 440 who were physically wrecked by alcohol. Out of the 1,200 descendants, 300 died prematurely. One person. That's his legacy. What was the difference? One person decided they were going to leave a legacy. Invest in the next generation. They, in turn, invested in the next generation. Huh. I've got a personal experience here. I have friends all over the world who preach to many, many thousands of people. Stadiums. Three, four, five hundred thousand people. I'm going, oh, this is cool, God. When's my turn? His answer really made me mad. He said, never. Is there anybody else up there I can talk to? I don't like that answer. I heard it three times. Never. I will give you 100 people in your life that you can disciple. I'm going, you got to be kidding me, God. That is the worst thing I've ever heard of in my life. I, seriously, I was so mad at God, I couldn't believe it. A hundred people in my life? And he says, what does the Bible say? Go make what? Not Christians. The focus is never on making Christians. It's always on making disciples. He said, if you will disciple 100 people, they will become disciplers. And 100 people investing in 100 is 10,000. 10,000 invest in 100, that's 1 million. 1 million invest in 100, that's 100 million people that I get to affect. Isn't that astounding? How many people did Jesus invest in? How many? Oh, 12. Not the masses? Yep, 
He ministered to everybody that came. He healed the sick. He did everything to the masses. He spent most of his time with 12, more time with three, and ultra time with one. John. When he was on the cross, he looked down and he said to John, take care of whose mother? Your mother. Do you think Jesus trusted John? Wow. What a responsibility. So Jesus invested in a few who invested in lots. And what's going on today? I have a friend that's been working in the Middle East for about 38 years. He has planted, through his organization, 168,000 home groups in the Middle East. But he's only been involved in teaching the leaders. That's all. Hmm. So if I make a disciple, they will become a discipler. And I guarantee they will invest and invest and invest. What do I want to pass on? What do I have that I would like to pass on to the next generation? What is it in your life that God wants you to pass on to the next generation? Think about that. Because every one of you has something extremely valuable to pass on to the next generation. You can spend your whole life working on your name, your reputation, but it can be lost that fast. There was a guy in California, preacher, stood at the pulpit and said, I've been praying this week and God has shown me that I married the wrong woman. <laughs> what? I know I did not hear that correctly. But it was true. Then he went on to say, But in prayer, God showed me the one that I am to marry so my ministry can continue to grow. Seven days later, he was divorced. One month later, he was remarried. Here's the problem. Well, there's two problems. The church was 6,000. They didn't lose one person. Not one. And the bigger problem was one of the girls in the youth group got pregnant. Guess who the dad was? They didn't lose one person in that church. I can't say the word that I want to say. That is absolutely disgusting. For the preacher? Yeah, you better believe it. God will judge that. But for the people, that's even more disgusting. Every one of them should have stood up and walked out. Charisma without character is only entertainment. I may not remember what you say, but I will always remember how you make me feel. I have actually had people tell me that. It shocked me. I had a little chance to talk to you, but I always remember the way you made me feel. God, what a responsibility. Legacy? Yeah, we're passing on a legacy even if we don't know we're passing on a legacy. 
And it can be absolutely anywhere, at any time. In my day, God brings me people, phone calls, texts. I hate to say this, but Facebook. I'm on Facebook a lot. Messenger. Had a guy from Australia say, we need to talk. I'm going to call you. Had a guy from Malaysia send me messages, and we communicated. Now, isn't that interesting? I would have never thought about anything about that because I didn't want Facebook. What a time waster. It is. It's a terrible time waster. It's one of the greatest tools that God has ever put on the earth if used correctly. Jack Welch, I forgot the name of his book, read it years and years and years ago, and there's one chapter, there was 68 names, and I thought, well, this is weird. Why do you put 68 names in, in, in this chapter? Said so-and-so, CEO of this company, and so-and-so, CEO of this company, and 60, 62 or 68 names, CEO of this company, this is the strangest thing ever. Then there was a couple paragraphs by Jack Welch, and he said, every one of them worked for me until the day I couldn't take him any further. Then I called him into my office, and he said, you need to go and finish what I started. 68 people he sent out, and they all became CEOs of other companies. Oh, what a legacy. Wow. My legacy is seen in the generations coming up after me. Now, like I said, I lost, I lost both of my mentors within the last year, and I'm telling you, it's tough. When you're used to calling them and just talking, I could sit with him on his couch in his living room, not say one thing for two hours and be the happiest person on the earth because we always communicated. I know, ladies, that sounds crazy, but it's true. Men have a nothing box. I know you don't believe that, but we do. What are you thinking about? Nothing. Oh, that's crazy. You've got to be thinking about something. No, I'm not. Really. Oh, you have to be. Oh, Mark Gunger has the best thing on men, women's brains ever. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Wow. It was great. I'm sorry. Got sidetracked there. Our past disappointments cannot hold us back from our future destiny. It's really hard to walk forward if I'm always looking backwards. Because you're going to fall. You're going to trip. I've got to be looking forward so I can walk forward into whatever God wants me to do. And I have no idea what that is. I've been asking God for a year. What do you want me to do? But in the midst of that, He always brings me people and situations that I, I can invest in. Even if I don't understand what the heck's going on. God does. People are dying. I don't like it. I don't understand it, but I got to trust God anyway. Bottom line, because I've tried the alternative, and man, it don't work. I've tried to walk away from God several times. 
it didn't work. Well, you know, I'm too old. Oh, God, I'm too old. I can't do it. What about Colonel Sanders? Everybody knows KFC, right? How old was he when he started KFC? You have any idea? You know, he was a failure his whole life. He couldn't do anything. He got fired from every job he was at. Literally. At 62, he started cooking chicken in his kitchen and selling it door to door. At 65, KFC started. Huh, so I'm too old. You, you do realize it's worldwide now, right? So, for me, that's an excuse. We're never too old. I don't care who you are. We're never too old. We're never too young. I read a book once, Ye Have Not Many Fathers. And people were complaining that, oh, I can't mentor. I just don't have the gift. I don't have the anointing. I don't have this. I don't have that. He said, uh, you do know my daughter, right? She's seven. Well, yeah. She's discipling three. Seven-year-old discipling three. Huh. Isn't that interesting? You always know more than somebody else. And God will bring them to you so you can invest in them. I can take you to Africa and I guarantee every one of you can spend hours and hours and hours teaching the people because of what you have on the inside of you, what you've seen God to do. Destiny is amazing. What kind of a legacy do I want to leave? I better choose today. Do I want to leave the legacy that Jonathan Edwards left? Or Mr. Jukes? The choice is mine. And I need to choose today. Lord, thank you so much for everybody in this room. I pray that they have been challenged, yet at the same time been very encouraged. That we have a God that is big enough for any situation, doesn't matter what it is. You are enough in all of our lives. Help us to see the ones that you bring to us that we can invest in. God, I've seen so many times, I have no idea what to say, but I listen to myself speak, and it's exactly what that person needs to hear. I've got to trust in you. Father, thank you so much for leaving us as your legacy on the earth for this time in the city of Dallas, in this small church. We can make a huge difference. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.